0: Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Megan's Old Office. This is our November 8th edition of... uh of our podcasts, and uh, like we said uh, with uh, with last week's edition, we're going with a different format—a very devotional format. We'll be talking for 30 minutes each week with you about different passages of scripture. And since it's November, uh, we thought we'd get a jump start on on Advent with with some of the Advent uh, uh, stories uh, from Scripture. Uh, my name is J.D. Gorlette. I'm the senior pastor here at Dundee Presbyterian Church in Omaha, Nebraska, and we're just very thankful to have you all with us listening in, and I'm with my good friend Keith Holmes, and uh, Keith is the Director of Children's and Family Ministry, and, and we do this just because Keith and I just love talking about Scripture, right? Amen, Man. and we're better than in Megan's
1: old Man, office. Right,
0: and and if you don't know, <laughs> Megan's old office is Megan's old office, and Megan is our dear friend, Megan Cotton, who is on staff here. She left, for, moved to Oregon, and so left us with an old office, and we're like, what do we? Going to do with the office? Ah, podcast. Podcast. It makes complete sense to me. Totally. And for so last week, the devotional was about the wise men a uh, story from Matthew uh, chapter two, one through twelve. Today, Keith, we got we got a real tough one. We're going to sail into what happens next in the mm. character or lack of character yes. of, of the King Herod. And uh, so that's a continuation of the Wiseman story that a lot of people don't know, a lot of people don't want to know. Yep. And uh, so we're going to dive into that. If you're reading along with us, we're going to be reading, uh, Keith is going to read now from uh, Matthew chapter 2, verses 13 through 23. And without any further ado... The great Keith Holmes.
1: (laughs) So um, just to kind of remind folks or or introduce folks, Herod was introduced in those first few chapters as well, meeting up with the wise men and whatnot. And so he, he he basically told them he wanted to worship the baby, so tell him where the baby was. And he could go and do it. And we're going to find out now if that's exactly really what he meant. So this is continuing on uh, from Matthew 2, chapter, chapter 2, uh, verse 13. Now after they had left, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream and said, Get up, take the child and his mother and flee to Egypt, and remain there until I tell you. For Herod is about to search for the child to destroy him. Then Joseph got up, took the child and his mother by night, and went to Egypt, and remained there until the death of Herod. This was to fulfill what had been spoken by the Lord through the prophet, Out of Egypt I have called my son. When Herod saw that he had been tricked by the wise men, he was infuriated, and he sent and killed all the children in and around Bethlehem who were two years old or under according to the time that he had learned from the wise men. Then was fulfilled what had been spoken through the prophet Jeremiah. A voice was heard in Ramah wailing in loud lamentation, Rachel weeping for her children. She refused to be consoled because they are no more. An angel of the Lord suddenly appeared in a dream to Joseph in Egypt and said, Get up, take the child and his mother, and go to the land of Israel, for those who were seeking the child's life for dead. Then Joseph got up, took the child and his mother, and went to the land of Israel. But when he heard that Archelaus was ruling over Judea in the place of his father Herod, he was afraid to go there. And after being warned in a dream, he went away to the district of Galilee. There he made his home in a town called Nazareth, so that what had been spoken through the prophets might be fulfilled. He will be called a Nazarene. So this is a tough one, and 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 now we're looking at who is Herod. So the character that we're gonna want, I want to kind of look at this week is Herod. He uh, tell us what kind of guy do you think
0: Herod was? <laughs> well, you know, we know if you if you travel to the Holy Land, we know that Herod was. You know a lot about Herod because uh, evidence of his life and his. Uh, his command uh, his uh, his dynasty are all about he was a great builder of uh, of different building projects okay. uh, in all kinds of all kinds of places but he also uh, while having uh, a jewish background he was a puppet of the romans he didn't really care about the jewish people he cared only about you know the the preservation of his own of his own power uh, so it is a great question who who is herod uh, and I think in this passage, we're in danger, as it is the case in a lot of passages, of of not really being able to put ourselves in the passage and not being able, or maybe willing to identify with the main characters of the passage. In this case, it's Herod, yeah. and because he does this it, it, this awful thing, and let's just get out get that out there to repeat right. what you read. Right. He murders all of the little children of the little town of Bethlehem. Now. People need to understand that Bethlehem was not as big as Chicago or Omaha or whatever, wherever you may be where you're living. This is a, a very small town. There wouldn't have been many uh, little children under the age of two in that community. There wouldn't have been a lot of families that would have been affected by this. But there were. It is a there were several, and and it is a it is a barbaric, horrible thing for Herod to send his soldiers to murder. Murder these children, murder, but we return to the question of who is Herod? Who, you know, what kind of person uh, would do this? And for me, I struggle as a pastor. I worry that people read this story, they react to how awful, how how violent this is, how how uh, frightening this is, and they say, "Well, I would never do this." I can't identify with Herod at all. Right. This sounds like a, a monster terrorist. We see that in our world um, practically every day. That's not me. I have nev- I have. I have nothing in common with this person. And perhaps to a certain extent, that's right. Maybe we can simply say that Herod is just this terrible v- uh, villain that that you've talked about with, in children's ministry, yeah. in, in in children's worship. And whenever Herod's name comes up, they all have to boo. Yeah, yeah. Keith stands Ooh. up and whenever I say Herod just boo yeah. even though there's no booing in church right you know you've got and, and okay we boo him because he's a terrible person that's fair because he is a terrible person he's a terrible sinful person. But if we go there, Keith, I think if we if we only focus on that, then we we give ourselves license and freedom to say, huh, "Well, I've got nothing to right. n- nothing Get, in common with Herod." Total
1: disassociation from this because, right. and I, I worry would about Never that. kill babies, but that's not. I mean, as horrible as that is, he didn't just wake up that morning and say, "Go kill babies." Right. There was reason behind that. There was something underneath that exactly. that drives Herod. That really more or less defines who he is, and for me, that is the need to be the center of everything.
0: Right, exactly. And and so if we if we ask that question again, and I always love doing it. It's a good question. Who is Herod? First answer is he's a bad guy. He's somebody that we boo right. uh, and and just disassociate. We put him in the league with all the great monsters throughout history, and we should. Right. He's 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 a terrible. Uh, unbelieving person, but you're hinting at uh, something very important in how we get into the story. Because he's not only this terrible villain from from history, he, this terrible monster. I think he's, I think he's like all of us in that. If I may be so bold, in that, just as you said, more than anything, there's a reason why he does this terrible thing. There's a reason why he slaughters the in- innocents, and just as you indicated, it's because he can't stand. To share the stage yep. with Jesus, and so his answer to that is to destroy Jesus, so that I can maintain the stage. Now I've got to admit I'm in the story. That's where boom. I'm. Boom. Yeah, here I am. And, right? right. I mean, if I'm being really honest with myself, now here is a here is this this incredible stark, violent story of a man trying to destroy Jesus Christ. But I have to ask, in answer to the question, who is Herod? How do we do the same thing? We don't go murdering kids in no. in, in, in a city, but we do try to, to run Jesus out of our lives. Oh, heck yeah. I
1: mean, I sit there and think of all the things that I say, no, I want to do this, God, or I got this, God, or no, what you've told me is the thing to do I don't want to do, and so I'm going to put you back in my box, and I'm going to just leave you over here on the shelf while I go do my thing, and then I'll pull you back out. As a Christian, that's my... I mean... But did I punch holes in the box? Did I murder, you know, you know what I mean? It's like, am I giving, you know, am I feeding the, you know, in the end, it's really just me putting to death God for the time that I don't want to behave like he know, like I know I'm supposed to. Because Herod had those wise men come to his doorstep, uh, like we talked about last week. Right. And then he calls together his, his, scribes and his and his 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 own people and they tell him that it was in Bethlehem that the baby was gonna be born. Right. And so he knows. He's a Jew. Right. He knows the import. And he chooses to do the exact opposite of what the wise men did and he completely rejects. It's
0: a great contrast, isn't it?
1: Isn't it amazing how you see one 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 set of people completely Not knowing or not knowing completely what was going to happen next, just follow and worship and worship. And here we have the other side of that coin, which is that guy that knows everything, sees it, and I'm sure the Holy Spirit was working with him too, because the Holy Spirit works with all of us and says, Hey, Let's go on down to Bethlehem with these guys. And Herod says, Oh, I got a better idea. Right.
0: Yeah, yeah, right. I'm gonna change the plan. I'm right. gonna try
1: and change the plan. It exactly. is a
0: great, it is a great contrast, and we need to read the, the contrast between Herod versus the wise men. The wise men had and we talked about it last week. You know, they traveled a long, long way to get there. And when they did, they got to Bethlehem, they worshiped, they bowed down. They were willing to let God be God. Herod is not. Herod, it clicks in him that it's not right. I'm not going to allow uh, God to be God. And getting back to the question, who is Herod? Herod is already king. He, When Jesus is born, Herod's king. Herod is uh, Lord over all he surveys. Center of everything. He's the center of everything. He has power. He has prominence. He has great, incredible wealth and control over his life. Who am I describing? I'm not just describing Herod, I'm describing a lot of people out there that are listening who have their lives set up the way they want it. That's Herod. He has everything set up the way, not just for his life, but for generations after he's dead. His legacy. And now he receives God, the coming of God into our world in Jesus Christ is a threat to that, yeah. and he resists that. Now, he does that in obnoxious terms in at a level that we wouldn't, but well, in the same but way... But in a personal
1: level, we're doing what he does exactly. a lot. I mean, he did it on a much grander scale, because he was king. He was set up, he was put in that position, and allowed to do that, because this is what... God wants to show me. I know and I'm I don't want to speak for everybody listening and certainly you. But this this position that that Herod's in shows me time and time again as I read this story, you know, am I doing that? Am I killing the babies? Right. Because I want to be the center of my own life and I don't want Jesus in my life right now and and ultimately I break down and repent and and you know, try not to sin again as a, a, you know as I know I'm supposed to but at the same time I still come back to that. Every single time I come back to, no, I don't want... I, I was almost like a three-year-old or four-year-old. Right. Me do it. Me do it. And this know?
0: doesn't just... Exactly. This doesn't just apply to people who are not Christians now. This applies to people who have been Christians yeah. for years and years and years. This is not just a one-time event where Jesus tries to come into our kingdom, and we resist it and right. try to prevent ourselves from having faith and relationship with Jesus Christ, right. This is something that that you know happened in my life last week or you know and I've been at Christianity for 30 plus years. What time is it? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> this I'm, is a constant thing where the the true king seeks to be king in my life and the question is whether or not I'm going to say, "Yep, no the throne belongs to you and not to me." Mm-hmm. Why does why does Herod want to kill the baby Jesus? uh he is realizing that holy cow i'm not the center of the universe everything is not about me and i cannot stand that yeah. to a certain extent if i'm being honest with you and i it's painful for me to be so honest <laughs> with you um mark your calendars there, listeners yeah there's a big part of me that assumes life would be better if I, if only i am occupying that center that that throne and Jesus by nature cannot just occupy any other spot. He by nature he can't. He, he has, has to, to be, be there, right? Yep.
1: yep. Yep, because I think of all of the times in my youth that I I tried to replace that Jesus in that spot and I wanted to and and the trouble I always ended up in. I mean, I never, you know, I never took it too far and I think truly that was God and the Holy Spirit working in my life, but there were times where it was like, "No, I'm going to do this," and it just led to disaster. Right. And and or or it led to a complete depression because it didn't fulfill me the way it should have. Or, or I perceived it. So I wonder, you know, if Herod woke up the day after the massacre and was like, Okay, this was great, but then a week goes by and two weeks go by and you know, people are people the you know the the seeds of rebellion we what was his reaction to that and but i don't want to get into that i just because
0: it's that aftermath of sin well that, right that, how did he react yeah, to that how yeah. did he rationalize that that away so if we set the reset button here keith yeah. because i think it's important with this story that you you read as i said before This story, maybe more than any other uh, in the New Testament, is one that's just so easy for us to reject because it's so obnoxious. I mean, we're talking about the main character, the protagonist of the story, is Herod killing babies in in Bethlehem. We're like, okay, well, that's awful. That makes me very upset. And it has absolutely nothing to do with me because it happened 2,000 years ago, and I would never do that. Right. Hopefully just with the few minutes of this podcast that we've done, as other as, as I hope you at home are reading from your scripture, at, that you have moved with us away from that conclusion that I just mentioned about Herod and having it not, have nothing to do with your life, to the place where you're saying, hmm... I'm just a little bit like Herod more than I want Uh, to admit. that just made me uncomfortable. Because it's not what he did, it's why
1: he did it that's so important. And I I want to kind of come back to the wise men again and and that conversation that Herod had with the wise men. You know, purposely deceitful in his reasoning to the wise men. Right, he summons them... He summons them secretly, which is... The Bible goes out of the way to say, secretly and says i want to worship i mean is that's what he tells them that's what he tells them he doesn't want anybody else to hear that because he wants it clearly known he is not going to worship these
0: this this lies king. lies love yeah. the dark don't right. they Amen. you know the, and and so it, he knows what he's doing he right. does not want to worship so, that's what he tells them but
1: it, is but. that the only reason cuz the question i want to ask and, and and it's a bit of fun too is how do you suppose that conversation went
0: yeah right <laughs> you know and, yeah Her, Herod must have been a great actor because here he is talking to the wise men and they're excited about following the star right. arriving at the place where they see this great king being born. And Herod's like, Oh well, that sounds great. Oh, silky, tell smooth. me more, yeah. so that I, you know, I'm not gonna go with you guys, but I'm right behind you. You know, <laughs> you I'll be ahead. down a couple days later. I'll be yeah, down, I can work it in on a Friday to 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 worship the the, the Lord. when the whole time. All the demands he's, of the palace. He's he's sitting there trying to figure out a way that to stamp this out. Yeah, and re, and and reject it. That's yep. what was in what was in
1: his heart. And, so it and, wasn't it wasn't just lying to lie and. and and, and this was this was the part I wanted to get to was why what was going on with Herod that he called these guys said let me know where he is and and then he calls his wise his own people together finds out where he's supposed to where this all supposed to
0: take place for one sole purpose and that is to to maintain his kingship to maintain his position and it's a great question that you ask Keith because. To me, as you were asking the question, and I was waiting for you to shut up, and yeah, it just yeah. seemed like an eternity. But uh, I'm only kidding. Uh, I know you are. I'm sorry. That's just mean I'm for go cry yeah. Now. But to me, as you were asking that question, the word that came to my mind was dedication. Mm-hmm. He's he's so dedicated to what we've already talked about to remaining king and remaining the, the the center of the universe. That's why he's asking the question. That's why he's having the conversation. Not so that he can worship someone greater than him, someone who is truly at the center of the universe, who is Jesus Christ, but so that he can you know, his dedication, his focus uh, his treasure is to remain remain king himself. And isn't it interesting that that Herod it clearly is a horse with blinders on. All he can see is him maintaining control of his life and maintaining, uh, you know, what he has established for himself right, right now. Isn't it amazing how we can get to be exactly the same way? Well, you said it before we we I think it's revealing how much more we're like Herod than we really ever want to. In right, yet. and so here we are cruising. We're here in November, and we're cruising into Advent, and the same story is coming uh, upon us, Keith. The same story, the story of the birth of Jesus Christ, and that's my question for myself: Like, you know, how, what kind of blinders do I have on? Yeah. Herod has this question. He has this conversation where he questions the, the 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 wise men. He has the chance, and I think of Pontius Pilate at the end of the story of Jesus. Mm-hmm. Having this incredible opportunity to come into the presence of Jesus Christ and and find out who He is and worship Him as Lord, but He's He, he has blinders on. He's so focused on what He wants, He ain't gonna do that. Yeah. He, he and he doesn't even he doesn't recognize that he even has blinders. He doesn't well, even care that he has blinders on. And I've got to wonder here, right here in November, what what kind of blinders do I have what do on I have here? On? Yeah, exactly. I mean, I think you know, as we
1: as we start, you know decorating uh, you know uh, my place right now we've got the we've got the Thanksgiving cornucopia and all the things up that we have here in Omaha in the U.S. but you know around the world people are starting to even even around right now begin to start decorating for Christmas right so as we put up our Christmas trees as you know and think of Père Noël or Baba Natal and all the other places are is that our focus because again those characters make us the center of the story. We're going to get the gifts. We're the ones that are going to receive. It's all about our wish list and things like that. And so I begin to think, yeah, I mean, are we able to 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 look at this part of the story cuz it's a part of the beautiful Christmas story that we all know. Right. That and say, "Oh, I see me here now." And right. and, and oh crud. Right. Am I going to am I going to spend this time focused on me and what I want or am I going to use this opportunity to renew my faith in my my love of Christ and my my disassociation with myself and and kind of let God pour his will into
0: my life In my, in as a pastor, you know, leading worship services and you as a children's uh, pastor uh, telling the Christmas story. Man, this is this is the part that
1: hits the cutting
0: room <laughs> <Yeah>. floor. <laughs> or, this or story. As
1: as we did earlier, and now, ladies and gentlemen, it's part of the
0: story. And Harry camp is going
1: You get a whole lot faster when you read this part, or you
0: or you yeah, you, you just skip it completely because, because we know people don't want to hear it. Yeah. And and then also, you know, we need time to really unpack this yeah. th- this story with people. We don't like it. Um, I've had people hear this this event Herod killing innocent children in an attempt to kill the Messiah to kill right. Jesus Christ uh, and he fails to do that um, and people are upset about it in a number of ways not just because the babies die but because God seems to give special privileges and care to, right. uh, to to Jesus and to Joseph and Mary getting them out of there yep. while not doing the same for for the babies, the who, babies. Are, who, who are who right. are slaughtered. Yep there are questions that are unanswerable here. Uh, But I would, you know, I'm going to put myself out there and I'm going to say, and I've, because I've said this before, Keith, this story makes sense to me. It makes sense that this, that, that this story happens because, you know the story of Jesus Christ is a story of God coming into a sinful world, not not the story of God coming into a perfect world. Right? Like, hey, I love what you guys have built here, and yeah, I just wanted to come in and, and be a part did. of it. I love what you did with the place. That's not that's not the Christian story. The story no. of, of of Christianity is God putting on human flesh and coming into the mess that we have created. And if that's true, I think this story makes sense. That that that. The Son of God will come into our world, and our reaction here, represented by Herod, is one of of rejection to the point of violence. Exactly, of, I was just going to say it's not to a the point it, of. There's not a parade yeah, in, ho- yeah, in yeah. honor. Now, the wise men did a great job of welcoming welcoming Jesus, but the rest of Jesus' life in ministry is going to be received with. Tons and tons of rejection. Certainly, lots of joyful celebration oh, yeah. and acceptance. But for every joyful acceptance, there's also going to be rejection. Uh, there's On a much
1: be... greater scale. Oh, I mean, absolutely. you know, it's it, it truly is the 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 masses of people that would wander away later in his ministry because his teachings became hard. Yes. And, and and the people that just outright rejected him. I mean, I think of, you know, his hometown. Right. Running him out. Out, basically running him out on a right. rail. You right. Know.
0: Exactly. And this flight, all of these things... Really challenge all those Pollyannas in the world, and I think there's a lot of God bless them. They have yeah. great intentions. They want our world and to be. They want to have an image of our world and of human character to be something that it's that it's not. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they want to sit there and say, Oh yes, the baby Jesus. Here we come. We're coming into Advent, and we have all these warm feelings, and we decorate the church, and and we decorate our houses, and it just. All these warm memories and how it should be, and and in there is the mistaken assumption that uh, that Jesus fits just nice and neatly into all of our plans and, and that into everything our world. that's already
1: going on. And yet, yeah. there are
0: so many passages we've, you've already referenced them here. Certainly, this passage from Matthew chapter two proclaims the truth that when Jesus comes into your word world, it is messy yep. and it's upsetting. It's yep. challenging, not just for Herod. But for all of us, because of the Herod well, problem, it's the status quo. Exactly,
1: it, it, he tips that over just as easily as a table in the temple. Exactly, he, he just rocks our world.
0: Absolutely.
1: So, real quick, I got. I've got. We've kind of been working on this one already, but I really kind of. This is bringing us back, all of us, as we as we work through this. Why is the story so difficult? I mean, other than the violence and the murder of innocents. This is, this is a to me a real wake up call. This part of the story and these cha- and these these verses in this chapter. But is there any anything
0: else that makes this difficult for us? Well, it does for me. I mean, we can sit and spend hours talking about the violence against the the innocent uh, and how upsetting that is. I mean, literally, the soldiers come march into town and they they slit the throats of babies. I right. mean think about that. Yeah. That is upsetting. Yep. You're asking me, why is this this diff- difficult beside, besides this? right? Besides that fact? It's difficult because of what we've talked about here. If I see myself as Herod, if I identify with Herod, which it's so easy to avoid doing that. It's right. so much more comfortable to say, you know, I have nothing in common with Herod. But when I'm doing Bible study with people, I say, you know, Whenever you're reading a passage of scripture, quite often there's a bad guy and there's a good guy, and it's more valuable for us to set, to take the time and ask the question of how do we identify with the bad guy rather than the good guy? We've talked about it here. Herod was king. Herod had life set up the way that he wanted. It's upsetting to me when I go there, and I, this story becomes upsetting uh, to me when I go there and I say, yep, yeah, uh, I've built a pretty good kingdom for myself. Mm-hmm. I've got things set up the way I like. I'm pretty comfortable. I wonder if Jesus came more fully into my life, how I would react. As I ponder that, as we've already indicated, if I'm being honest, I'd be pretty resistant to I'm, that. I'm sending out the troops. And that depresses me. That yeah. makes me sad yeah. to, to admit that. that. But it also inclines me to pray and say, you know, God, hmm, I think I've done some. I, I think I've really rejected you pretty hard uh, yeah. as to you coming into my life. Do you know
1: I, what I mean? I, oh, absolutely, hundred percent. Know what you mean because I think of the, you know, the 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 difference between you know Herod and the wise men. They they. Grew wiser as they approached the event and the meeting, and as
0: they exited the and event.
1: as they exited the event, they they showed their understanding by obeying the by obeying the vision, where you know God could have brought you know a vision to Herod every night of his life, and he still Bounce, would have would have, would re- have bounced right exactly, off exactly. You know, um, you know his his answering machine would have been full or whatever. Right. Yeah, you know, until it's just it's one of those things where it's like. What makes it difficult for me besides the violence is, yeah, it, it, I hold a, Herod holds a mirror up to me in my life, in my heart, in my, in my desires. And, and in fact, you know, when I look at it, I, I, I do, I, I like that point you made earlier about how, how come he didn't save any of the other babies then? He saved Jesus and Mm -hmm. Mary and Joseph and, and again, it almost becomes, well, boy, that was unfair. God's awfully unfair sometimes. Exactly. And,
0: and I've said this, we've said this here at Megan's old office, um, and this is something I say a lot, if, if fairness is the deal for you, if, if, if you want everything to be fair, don't be a Christian. Right. Because... Christianity, the scriptures of Christianity, the event of Christianity, at the center of our faith is the greatest <laughs> unfairness that ever right. happened, the death of Jesus Christ on our behalf and for but, our and, sake.
1: And that's what I tell the kids upstairs. I say, you know, thank heavens, God. Thank God he's not There's fair, that too, right. Because if he were fair, right. Jesus would still be sitting up in heaven with him and going, well, look at all those guys going to hell.
0: If God were fair even with Jesus... Uh, you know, it doesn't make any sense to save me uh, right. and to forgive me, but right. uh, but thanks be to God that, he, that it is not. He fair. is not fair. Grace Absolutely. by nature is not. So uh, so the, take solace in that, I guess. If right. that if
1: that's a difficult thing, remember that that God is unfair, but He's unfair. Because in a way that only God can be unfair.
0: And in love, and, and in, in grace, in there and we mercy. Go. And, and grace, yep. uh, We trust that. But we have to trust that. It has to be accepted not with our heads, but with our hearts. Amen and amen. Well, this has been Megan's Old Office uh, once again. Uh, thank you for joining us. Uh, thanks, Keith. Great conversation. Indeed. And uh, we'll be back next week with another 30-minute devotional for you. Uh, we'll see you then. Thank you so much for joining us this week on Megan's Old Office. Brought to you by Dundee Presbyterian Church. Please like, subscribe, and share so you and your friends can keep up with us every time we post. You can learn more about us and our church at dpcomaha.org. Find us on Facebook at facebook.com backslash dpcomaha. Or on Instagram at Megan's Old Office. You can contact us through email at Megan's Old Office at gmail.com. Thank you so much for listening today. We truly appreciate it. We'll talk to you soon. Bye bye.